0: welcome everyone to another episode of the podcast real quick before we get into it a quick reminder follow me on instagram at felix.levine if you haven't done so already my youtube channel please go subscribe you can watch all these episodes in their full video versions smaller clips and highlights of those episodes all of that good stuff on my youtube channel so go check that out also my website felix-levine.com there you'll find everything about the show ever um and also contact information i really want to hear from more of you um dm me or email me felixlevine wtg at gmail.com what can i improve about the show what do you like about the show what do you not like about the show guests you want to see in the future all that good stuff. Um, So please feel free to reach out. Uh, I want to make the show continuously improve it. So please take a second if you have it. And my guest today, she is one of the baddest women on the planet and one of the most dominant athletes really of all time. Please welcome the ever inspiring Kayla Harrison. And we're live. Kayla, thank you uh, so much for for taking the time. It's uh, really a pleasure and uh, an honor to have you on my show. I'm a a huge fan of you uh, as a person and as a fighter. So thank you for for taking the time today.
1: Well, thank you. I actually did a little research on you and I'm kind of a fan of you now too. I can't wait to dig into some podcasts when I have a moment to breathe.
0: (laughs) Well, I know you're fresh off of practice, but is there a little something that the world doesn't know about Kayla Harrison?
1: Um I think something the world doesn't know about Kayla Harrison. Um This is like a tough one. I could go so many directions with this, but I'm going to go ahead and say that I'm gonna keep it light since we'll probably go into a lot of dark, yep. deep stuff. Um, and the thing that people don't know about Kayla Harrison is she hates mushrooms with a passion.
0: Wow! Don't eat mushrooms. What? So don't
1: ever try to feed me mushrooms.
0: <laughs> Did you have a, a moment in uh, that that triggered this disgust for mushrooms?
1: Just the texture. They're just yucky.
0: <laughs> so no, like no, <laughs> not even if they're cooked, not even if they're any other way, no. just done.
1: Mm-hmm. No.
0: No. Is there a- no mushrooms,
1: no olives? That's my. Oh. Those are my two. That's it. Interesting. I'll eat everything else.
0: Okay. Well, I mean, there's good thing. There's a lot of other things. Uh, for, for, <laughs> free, free to free to indulge in. Yes. Yes. So I want to take you uh, on a on a on a on a quick path because I know you just came back from training. Um, you said, and I don't and I don't want to misquote you, but I think you said something in the realm of, you go from being a bad bitch to changing 15 diapers a day. It really changes your life, and I guess that you just did that since you're, you're back from training. I don't know if you changed any diapers recently, but um, but I think that that's like a really, first of all, I think that people that know your story or don't know your story, especially in the last uh, year and a half, two years, um, is an unbelievable one because even up to that point, you had such a, an unbelievable life, um, and now in the past year and a half, you've become a mother. Um, And so, I mean, I know you've been asked a lot about this, obviously, recently, mm-hmm. but um, what's it like, you know, in this past year and a half, I, you know, almost two years, I, I imagine of really, uh, being a mother and also being, you know, one of the baddest bitches on the planet.
1: <laughs> um, well, okay. So for the, your listeners who don't know, I actually, um, I became the guardian, Of my niece and nephew, Kyla, who is eight, and Emery, who is two. And I'm actually in the process of adopting them now. So big, um, that's a big (sighs) breaking news, I guess, kind of. Um, But really, the last two years, the last year and a half of my life have been, well, my whole life has been a roller coaster. (laughs) But I would say that I'm getting to the point now where when I first got them, it was... Uh, The scariest thing I've ever done in my life. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's like, I don't do you, you don't have kids, right? I don't. Yeah. So it's like, all of a sudden, you're in charge of these two lives. And you go from I mean, my life was very shallow and very empty. And like, I would wake up, I would eat, I would train, I would lay out by my pool, hang out with my dogs, like have Taco Tuesday with my friends. Um. You know, go to an arcade or do like go mini golfing. just do stupid stuff all day long and then train again and then eat again and then sleep and repeat over and over and over and over again and then go win fights and then make money. And that was it. That was my whole existence. Um, But it was really, really empty. And I didn't know. I didn't know that. Like, you don't know. You can't miss what you don't know, I guess. And, you know, tragedy hit. I and my mom had custody of the kids she had a stroke in 2019 um she's recovering but then um in May of last year her husband um who had been taking care of her taking care of Kyla taking care of Emery um he very suddenly passed away and my mom is was you know still recovering from her stroke still struggling a little bit with uh, memory and mental and hand like physical coordination, just things like that. Couldn't drive yet. So it was kind of like a do or die situation. Like I'm sure my family could have rallied and all taken care of them, but my grandparents are getting older. My mom is getting older, you know, and and I'm, I love them. I I had no idea how much I love them until I got them, but it was kind of just like, all right, we're doing this. So we packed up and we moved, you know, I, I drove us down to, to Florida from Ohio, um, <laughs> a long drive by myself. And the two-year-old Emery screamed for about the first four hours of the car ride. And I could, and I left at night so that he would sleep. I was like, right, right, I'm going to leave at like 7 p.m. He'll pass out in the car. I'll make it halfway. I'll make it to Atlanta. We'll stop. And that didn't work. Um, But I knew nothing about babies. So it was just like we just learned as we went. Like we. It was really scary (laughs) those first couple months. Um, But. We have gotten into a groove like we we are. I don't know, it's so weird. It's so hard to I could talk about this all day. We could do a whole podcast on this, but like to see Kyla go from being 35 pounds at seven years old, like extremely, not extremely, but malnourished, um, you know, every meal, every meal was like crying. I want my mommy. I want to go home. I miss Ohio. Like just stuff that breaks your heart, you know, because these kids' lives have also been turned upside down, you know, Emory crying, uh, not, he knows me, but he's Never lived with me. All of a sudden, the man that was his father figure is gone. His lovey is gone. Um, So they just went through a lot of trauma. And even though I was scared shitless, I realized like it was my job to step up and give them a safe, happy, healthy, you know, secure environment. Like that's what they needed to thrive. So, I mean, with a lot of help, that's what I did. I mean, I was pretty persistent and, you know, I never let Kyla. Like, you can cry. It's okay to miss your mommy. It's okay to want to go home, but you still have to eat your eggs. <laughs> like, um, and Emery calls me, they both call me mom now. Um, just to see how they've blossomed and thrived on, in in just a year. Like, Kyla's 50 pounds. She eats, she eats everything but mushrooms, too. <laughs> I heard she I eats steak <laughs> and
0: eggs. I heard she eats steak and eggs with you.
1: She does. She's a little beast. Um, <laughs> she is. She, like, she used to be afraid of the water, like, wouldn't even get her head wet in the shower. Now she's, like, doing front flips into the pool. Imri is, like, going to give me a heart attack because he's a little daredevil. He'll just, like, walk into the pool, and he has no idea what the depth is. So, Uh-oh. like, he'll walk off the steps or he'll walk in the deep end and <laughs> it's just like, oh, whatever. Um, just, like, she's got her their best her best friend lives right next door, and they have sleepovers and I don't, it's just been like a really um, amazing time in my life where it hasn't been all about me for the first time mm-hmm. in my life. And it's almost like, I didn't even know it, but it's made me even happier. I won't say happy. I would say it's it's brought me so much peace. Like happiness to me is a myth. Like this is not a happiness is right now. Happiness is this moment right now. Like it's a choice, but it's brought me so much peace and, and just kind of changed my worldview um, and I think as much as it's helped them, it's helped me too. It's made me a better person.
0: And for you, uh, I'm curious as to, you know, maybe the differences of what you first expected when taking on obviously this massive challenge, uh, and what the reality has been like. And if it's matched up to some of those, uh, expectations or some of those thoughts that you thought it it would be.
1: Um, I don't know what I expected. I think, like, probably, like, a like a rom-com or something where it was going to be, like, <laughs> a lot of, like, oh, we're going to go to the park and we're going to go to the zoo and we're going to, like, it's going to be beautiful and we'll do all these fun things and you're going to love me and there's never going to be a mess. Or, like, I was very uh, unrealistic. Like, the, the reality is... um you know, I spend 50% of my time cleaning up messes now. Um, there's usually a tantrum about every 30 minutes (laughs) about something. Um, I train, I mean, we have pro class, so that's kind of every day at the same time, but then my, my scheduling with my coaches, I've been able to work out where in my sparring and stuff, I've been able to work out where like, I go when Emery naps and Kyla is in school and then we go to gymnastics and we have mommy and me gymnastics and we have tutoring and we have, um, you know, physical therapy for Kyla. And so I've kind of, we've gotten into a rhythm where we have a routine, but we don't get to do a ton of like, by the time I get to Saturday, I'm like. I can barely walk. So I I always want to like take them to the park or go to the zoo or like go to the museum. And I have a whole list. We have a whole list that we're trying to get through. But in all reality, usually we go to church and then we go to like Texas Roadhouse for lunch. (laughs) And then maybe after nap, we'll go to the bookstore and that's it.
0: (laughs) I'm wondering for you, do you feel like and for people that know you, they know this for people that uh, are getting to know you. Um, it is unquestionable that you are, you know, really, in my opinion, one of the most dominant, uh, athletes in the world currently, um, and all time for, for especially American athletes. Um, but do you feel like this is perhaps your single biggest accomplishment?
1: Hands down without question. I mean, listen, winning an Olympic gold medal is so hard. I'm not ever going to deny that it is a lifelong journey, and it takes an entire village and um, years of sacrifice, years of you know the roller coaster that I talked about. That is life, but you know a world t- a world title, an MMA world title, an undefeated record, two Olympic gold medals doesn't hold a candle to this. Um, this journey, this, this thing that I, I'm doing with these, this family, you know, we're a family. We call ourselves a wolf pack. <laughs> um, um, mostly because that's the only sound Emory will make right now. He's just like, <laughs> all. but um, no, I mean, it's no, if anyone like, People who have kids will tell you it's the hardest job in the world. And I swear to God, they're not lying. I've done a lot of things in my life. It is definitely the hardest job in the world. But it's also the most rewarding. Like, it is just, like I said, just seeing them blossom. You know, Emery will, like, I'll say, Mommy loves Emery. And he'll say, Emery loves Mommy more. And, like, just, like, stupid stuff like that where you just, like, your heart's going to burst and you can barely breathe. And you're like, oh, my God. It's just, it's the most amazing It's definitely the most amazing thing, hardest thing, but most rewarding thing I'll ever do in my
0: life. Do you feel like um, also because, uh, you know, I mean, it's hard enough to be uh, it's hard enough to be an MMA fighter. It's hard enough Mm. to be an MMA world champion. And Mm. you guys put your bodies through hell uh, mentally, emotionally, everything through hell. Then you take on this unbelievable role. Are you still able at times to take some time for Kayla and just relax or to um or what are some of those ways if you can't do it though maybe the way you'd like to where you can uh find some peace uh you know and have some alone time for yourself
1: yeah that's been tough that's been honestly probably the hardest struggle for me since becoming a mom is like i have i have i feel like i have a limited amount of time in the day i have so much that i want to accomplish i have so many responsibilities um that that me time has kind of gone by the wayside a little bit I what I have been trying to do is after every fight my mom comes down when when I fight um unless it's a 17 day bubble and then the kids come with me but um she will come down and stay with the kids and then um usually I'll come home and then I'll go after my fight I'll go for like three days and I'll just like get away and like completely unwind try and shut off my phone try and not look at social media i'll facetime the kids and just like relax try and breathe and reset almost you know which probably isn't the healthiest thing because (laughs) if you have to reset then you probably need to do some have a little better balance in your life but i don't know so far it's working we'll see
0: (laughs) who do you think are there any people that you would say uh maybe keep you the most um, in check mentally and emotionally and um, that you're able to kind of lean on uh, in times where I I imagine, I mean, obviously you're exhausted, but also um, where things get hard, because I'm sure along the way, there's probably been in motherhood and obviously in your sports career, um, some, you know, doubts Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, trials and tribulations.
1: Well, I mean, my judo coaches, Jimmy and Big Jim, Pedro, you know, I still talk to Big Jim once a week and usually bent or cry or complain you know he always told me it's an athlete's privilege to bitch and I'm like well it should be a mother's privilege as well
0: (laughs) (laughs) you you get two you get both
1: yeah I I get two for one special but um you know he's still a huge part of my life role model best friend whatever (laughs) like he's all of it um my coaches down here you know they really help keep things in perspective for me you know them. Some of my best friends are the manager of ATT, Richie, and the owner, Dan Lambert. Like, I hang out with a lot of old dudes. (laughs) (laughs) I think I have, like, an old guy brain, like, sick sense of humor or something, maybe. So I fit right in with that crowd. Um, But I've also actually, since I got the kids, I've started going to church down here. Um, And that was something that, you know, it's still kind of new for me to talk about, like, I've always been, um, I've always had a deep faith, like a deep sense of faith since I was a little girl. Like my journal entries when I was eight years old uh, were to God. You know, it was Dear wow. God. Wow. They were like my prayers. And I would say, Amen. You know, love always, Kayla. Amen. Um, <laughs> there's a little scream. Um, but it was always kind of very personal to me. So I haven't really talked about it a lot. But since I got the kids, we've started going to church. um, And not that I'm going to force that on them or push them to anything, but I I think it it just really was important to me that we find people, not that I don't love the gym and and my friends, but none of them have kids. Most of them don't have kids. Um, Most of them are still in a little bit of a young phase of life that I am no longer in, you know, I'm not going out to the club until three <laughs> o'clock in the morning ever again, probably. <laughs> so, um, it was important to me to find like-minded people ki- with kids and, um, just kind of the sense of the values and the morals that you are brought up through church. And, um, I don't necessarily, religion is a broken system. It's a man-made system, but faith, and the things you can learn through faith and love and and, and that um are things that i want my kids to, to grow up knowing so i think i've gotten a really good balance where i have you know this like mma kayla who talks a lot of shit and <laughs> um kicks ass uh and is one of the baddest bitches on the planet but i also have really found an amazing family down here um through my faith and through the kids that does change 15 diapers a day and does say grace at every meal and does, you know, have a prayer list and a gratitude list and, um, say our prayers every night, talk about who we're thankful for and and what we're grateful for today and what we hope for tomorrow. So it's just, I found a really good balance with all of it.
0: Do you think that being, uh, you know, becoming uh, a mother, um, I guess, uh, perhaps brought on this sense of faith even more as you, as you said, you started going to, to church with them. I mean, how uh, so, and what, you know, on a personal level, what, what was that kind of like to to maybe make that realization now that obviously it's bigger than you, um, you want them to have, you know, proper morals and values. Um, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of, uh, you know, curious and interested on how becoming a mother really kind of channeled this, this faith or this desire to, to go to church and do more of that kind of.
1: Well, I mean, I think it was just like a lot of fear, Um, again, being overwhelmed, like picking up two kids and driving them down to live with you overnight, like in all the trials in my life and all of the, the shittiest moments of my life, I've really, um, leaned on my faith and leaned on God and cried and begged and, um, prayed a lot. And when I got the kids, that was, it was no different. You know, I was like in my journal, dear God, like, please help me. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. (laughs) Um, Give me the strength to figure this out. Give me the courage. Give me the, you know, give me the wisdom to find a way. Basically. I didn't pray for it to like be fixed. I just prayed to be stronger. Um, And that's something that I've learned and grown grown into you know when I was younger I used to pray like please make it stop please make it stop please make it stop but now I realize that everything happens for a reason and um just help me figure this out help me find a way um and that again like becoming a mom finding this peace I don't even know why I looked up church to be honest with you like just one day Probably because it was in the middle of a quarantine and nothing was open and, you know, Kyla, Emery and I were going insane in the house. So I was like, something happened and I looked up churches and this church was open and we went and um, we've been going ever since. And it's been a really amazing experience. They've really become um, like solid part of my foundation in our lives. You know, I can lean on them. I can't tell you how nice these people are how great like do you need babysitting do you need meals do you need wow. like just like wrapped their arms around us wow. you know and haven't let go and it's been really it's been really cool
0: and do you think that um you know uh in terms of the the the, the long run uh, it's something that uh, both Kyla and Emery uh you know might might Go towards. I know you said you don't want to press it on them, um, mm-hmm. but I'm curious, you know, when, when young kids are brought up uh, and all of a sudden start go- start going to church, um, you know, it could—I I have some friends that they like it, they don't. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I do think that what you're saying is uh, is very inspiring in terms of, you know, growing a, a new community, a new friendship. Do you think it's something mm-hmm. that, uh, that they're also acknowledging and, and seeing themselves now, or are they still a little too young?
1: Yeah, I think that— You know, of course, Kyla is eight. Like, some days she's like, Do we have to go to church? And I'm like, Yes, we have to go to church. And then she goes there and has a great time with all of her friends in Sunday school. And I'm like, See, I told you, like, listen to mom. Um, And again, it's not something I know that faith is a very personal journey, but I want to lead by example. And, um, you know, I just think the Christian way, like the tagline for our church is love, serve, go, you know, so everything is done based in love, you know, everything is done based in serving and helping others less fortunate and, and helping to change the world. And, you know, also their message is to go, go share the word, go, go tell people about this. Um, and that part is still a little new, like, it's still a little, I'm still like, okay, I'll try, but I want to lead by example. You know, I want to show her what a strong, confident woman of in, in faith can do. You can be strong and badass, um, but also be humble and kind and caring and compassionate. You can be all of those things. And I do see a difference in her. And like, for me, it's also how, like, for instance, we have, so when I first got the kids, I was really struggling with punishment. Like, mm. discipline. I was always the fun aunt who, like, showed up, hopped them up on sugar, <laughs> took them to Disney, and then dropped them off. And was like, see ya. And now it's my job to be, like, nurturer and disciplinarian. It's my job to give them all the love and affection and everything they need. And and also make sure, like, no, mofo, like, you will eat these, like, you will eat this broccoli. You will listen to me. Like, you will do your homework. And that was a very new role for me. And I struggled a lot in the beginning, but went to church, had went to counseling, family counseling was, you know, getting help. I got this, we got these, um, charts and there's two different charts. There's the uh, obedience chart where it's like, okay, what are the big no-nos in the house? Like, okay, you can't hurt other people, no biting, no hitting, no this, no that, you know, you listen to your parents. Um, you know, you don't want to be lazy, like just all the, you know, all the things that you want your kids to learn. And then there's a Bible verse about why you should do this. And then there's a blank space and you sit down with your kid and you write in, okay, if you do this or or you act out and I catch it, this is the punishment. It's not up to me. It's up to you. It's your choice, your decision, your life. But just know that this is the punishment. And of course, it's like (laughs) run 15 laps. (laughs) Like it's like all... I don't know if that's a good thing, like if she's going to end up hating exercise or if it's just going to make her super buff. I'm not sure yet, but it's helped. It's taken a huge pressure off of me. You know, Emory's are all just timeout still. Like he doesn't, he just has to sit in timeout. He doesn't get it or time in. We sit down together and we Uh. take a deep breath, which sometimes works. And sometimes he screams, no. (laughs) So, but that's been amazing. And. What was the, what was the question? Why am I rambling?
0: Well, I'm sorry. I well, I'm I'm curious if you think um, you know, well you did answer it that they they seem to to indulge in it and who knows, you know, you're not you're not ah. going to press uh, press it on them in the future.
1: Prayers every night and she's like she prays, you know. She prays for the these kids have been through a lot. Yep. They've had a lot of trauma, you know. Their mom is struggling um their real their real mother is struggling. My my mom was sick. It was in and out of the hospital. They lost Bob, their, the only father mm-hmm. figure they've ever known. They got picked up and moved, you know, states away from everyone they've ever known.
0: How fast was that decision made for you? Like when your when your stepfather passed away?
1: Um, I mean, I kind of decided like, wow, I I got the phone call. I got on the plane that, you know, a couple hours later. Wow. And I had kind of decided before I landed, like, I was like, I didn't know if my mom was going to come with me. I didn't know like exactly how it was going to work, but I just knew like I was going to take the kids and I didn't, um, it was tough because I did, I kind of just like came in and took over. So I'm sure that was hard for, it was good and bad in a way. Like I was like, I'm going to take the kids you know, Mimi and Poppy, you're going to help mom. You're going to help. Like I stayed for a week to help her get through, like, you know, obviously I was mourning as well, but I didn't really give myself, like, I just put on the helmet and was like, all right, let's, let's go. Um, But then, yeah, that was like, I just, that was it. I called my lawyer. I said, listen, I need you to help me. I'm going to take over guardianship. we got to get this all sorted so I can enroll her in school and do this and do that. And,
0: Oh, it was done. At what point did you realize this is this isn't just, you know, this is a forever thing?
1: I don't know. I think it just kind of like. I don't know if it was instant. Like I think part of me kind of it's it's a weird thing. Like my sister's story is her story, so Mm -hmm. I don't want to go into too much detail, but she struggled for a long time. Um And I struggled with her struggling. Like I could never understand it. Mm -hmm. And I, uh, part of me kind of always hoped like she'd get her shit together. Mm -hmm. Um, But part of me also kind of was like, when I got the kids, then I was like, well, I I love them. (laughs) Like Mm I selfishly, I, I was like, I can't let them like, I would have, I would be panicked. I can't even imagine not talking to them, to them for a day. Like, wow. so it, it would be, you know, they've become my whole world. And, um, my sister and I recently, you know, we've been, we've been talking and we've agreed, like we're going to do an open adoption. So like she's still going to see them and, um, be a part of their life if she's able, but I'm going to become their, their mom. You know, I'm going to be, like I'm, it, that's it. I'm going to for in forever. So, um, and I don't know that it was like, I knew they were never going to go back to my mom, but I didn't know if my sister was ever going to, what was going to happen there. And I'm honestly so happy that we've come to this mutual agreement and it's given me a lot of peace of mind and kind of helped me let go of some of the anger towards my sister and Um, fear and anxiety about what what would happen. So, it's
0: been good. Was it hard for you also, I think, because if I well remember, um, you know, this kind of story came to light, I don't want to say recently, but like not super long ago. Um, A lot of it, but but you did like really, you know, and credit to you, uh, did a good job of kind of, you know, uh, keeping what you were doing, uh, not low key, but you know, so that no media was going to like start pressing you about and everything was that Mm -hmm. harder or easier for you um did you feel like it was something that you were just doing kind of on your own which made it even scarier not to mention the actual challenge of becoming a mother
1: yeah I mean well it was kind of like obviously word got out and certain organizations and certain people I don't want to say wanted to exploit it but wanted to use it to promote things and I had a lot of, I struggled with that at first. Like I was like, you know, these are innocent babies and nobody knows what's going to happen. And I don't want to put them through any more craziness. And I eventually kind of came to a uh, compromise where it was like, all right, if you really want to do a piece, you can come, I'll talk about the kids. I'm very open about it. And you can film them like at the park with me. But you're not gonna come in our house. You're not gonna take over our right. like our our comfort, like our this is our oasis, this is our home, this is where we read bedtime stories and like make dinner, you know, like you're just we're gonna keep something sacred. Um and it's been I mean, it's been a good balance, you know. It's it's I don't it's hard because I don't ever wanna like I'm not talking about it to make myself look good or feel good. Like it, this is just the reality of my life now. Like I'm a mom and I love it and I'm not a, I, I want to tell people cuz I'm happy.
0: And I think also I mean I don't know and I don't know how many, you know, people have reached out. I'm sure a bunch of people have reached out, but um you know, for I think that you're an inspiration. There's the athlete, there's the athlete Kayla Harrison and you're an inspiration in that sense. And then also I think I mean this story Uh, I'm sure for mothers, fathers, um, kids out there is uh, inspirational and beautiful, and I think that um, you know you're whether you know it or not, you're changing many people's lives and many people's perspectives, and you know I'm sure for uh, people that'll fall into similar situations where you know overnight their lives are going to be upended, um, you know you're giving a a lot of strength uh, because it is you know, for someone who, who, who didn't go through it, you can't know what it's like, I imagine. So, um, I'm curious, have there been, you know, I'm sure people have reached out. I don't know how much you're able to see it or not. Um, and if that's, uh, you know, if it's, if it's in a way also kind of a cool role to also have now where people look up to you in another way, um, you know, than just the athlete, Kayla Harrison.
1: Yeah, I think, um man, I just have so, I have so much more respect for parents in general. Like I, it's, yes, people have reached out. I have, I have like all kinds of like, um, I get all kinds of awesome messages and messages of support. And I think you're right. Like people have become a fan of me because of this, which isn't the goal, but okay, great. You know, that works for me. Um, But it, I mean, it's like, first of all, I don't think there are enough good stories out there. You know, like this is a good story. It's got some tragedy in it, but at the end of the day, we're good. We're happy. You know, I hope I don't fuck it up. Like, I hope they, I hope they come out and are like good upstanding citizens of the community. And like, I hope that they are secure enough and feel safe enough and are loved enough to be fearless in whatever it is they choose to do and and to pursue in their lives. And only time will tell but i think i'm doing okay and just like you no know, man moms and dads are so badass like it's i'm fans of them like if any if people haven't like if it hasn't made people fans of me i've become fans of parents good parents i should say <laughs> not every parent but good parents i'm like yeah you got this
0: and now we're just going to take a quick break to talk to you about my longtime sponsor in US Wellness Meats. At USwellnessmeats.com, you can choose from over 350 foods raised the way nature intended. That includes 100% grass-fed and grass-finished beef, lamb, bison, elk, and dairy. They also have pasture-raised heritage pork, wild-caught seafood, and pasture-raised poultry. These are some of the host of foods that you can find at uswellnessmeats.com, where the owners are the actual farmers themselves, and now they've introduced a subscription Is it also cool for you that you're in, uh, you know, I'm, I don't know if you consider it, but I think most people would say the prime of your career and getting into it, which is a scary thought for a lot of young, young women out there that, that want to go up against you. Um, but is it also cool that this is happening, uh, at the same time where, you know, you are, uh, highly considered to many as the most dominant, uh, really athlete in MMA? Oh, thank
1: you. Um... I don't know about that, but okay. I think but, some uh, people
0: would say that, but...
1: Well, thank you. I think it's... Like, to be honest, I don't know how I got so lucky. Like, I, my whole life, I wanted to be an Olympic champion. Um, my whole life, I wanted to, um, you know, be, make enough... I wanted to be a millionaire because I wanted to make enough money to not have to worry my whole life. And th- then I wanted to become an MMA champion. Then I wanted to go down as the greatest. But I always wanted to be married with kids by 30. And I'm like, damn... Yeah, I don't. Ha- I'm not married, but two kids. Like, got my career. Everything's on point. I'm a millionaire. Like, two out of three ain't <laughs> bad. Hey. you know it's.
0: <laughs> it doesn't matter I how you have- get there. It doesn't matter how you get there.
1: Yeah, it doesn't. They're all different paths. They're they're all different paths, and you know, I get the best of both worlds because I get to have my my athletic career and-, and be in the prime of it while raising two beautiful children. So, for you, so. I- cheated the
0: system somehow I don't know if you cheat I think you worked hard for that but um do you for you I mean you know two-time olympic gold medalist uh the accolades I mean people can can look those up it's a very long list but for you uh you know what would be when when it's all said and done MMA wise um Mm -hmm. I guess fighting wise athletic wise uh is there certain things that you must have before you hang it up Yes. What are those things?
1: <laughs> um. mm. This is a tough one to answer for me because of uh, other outside forces. Not because I don't want to answer it, just because I don't want to like stir the whatever
0: yeah. you're comfortable with
1: I think I just really want to I have kind of something in my mind that I know will solidify me as the greatest one of the greatest but my goal is to be the greatest and I have a blueprint I have a plan I have an amazing structure of coaches and a foundation and I'm disciplined I'm um, driven I know what it takes to get to the top of to the pinnacle of sport. I've done it. I've climbed a mountain before I'm ready and willing and excited to climb this mountain again. And I'm just kind of, I'm, I'm checking the, I'm checking off the boxes, you know, I'm slowly, but surely putting one foot in front of the other and, and ticking off those boxes. And I know I'm not the greatest yet. I know you're saying a lot of nice things about me and I appreciate it, but I'm not, I'm not there yet. And I know that, but I will be. I know I will be and I can say that now and people get like oh, MMA fans are interesting sometimes, but people get so upset when you say like when you believe in yourself or have confidence in yourself or are bold enough to claim that this is what you want and I just don't I'm like why are you shitting on me <laughs> should I say that I don't want to win and that I want to like be second best like who says that who does that I'm not saying I am right now, but I'm saying, watch me because I will be. And I think I can say that now because I am starting to have the confidence in MMA that I once had in judo, where I believed in, to my core, in my training, I believed in the hard work that I put in. I believed in the years of sacrifice and work and perfecting this one thing over and over and over and over and over and over over again. I'm not at 10,000 hours or whatever yet in MMA, but I'm getting pretty close. I'm 10 fights in, and I believe it. I believe that I have what it takes. I do.
0: I'm curious, really, just quick to to take you back to your judo career. Was there one moment um, in your judo career where you knew, uh, like, I am just quite simply the best in the world? Does it does it did it mean the gold medal? Did it mean uh, something before that?
1: Hmm. <laughs> I think really, I mean, when I won the gold medal in the Olympics. like In
0: 2012?
1: In 2012, yes, the first one. Everyone was like, I was like, (laughs) holy shit, we did it. Like, it was just such an amazing experience. But not a lot, I mean, there was not a lot of like, I don't know. I think, I, I think in 2016 when I won again, then I was like, yeah, no, I'm a bad mofo. Like, you can't touch me. Like, this is... I did... I I was so good I did it twice. Like, not to sound... Like, like that. in my mind, I was like, damn, girl, like, you really did that twice.
0: And now we're just going to take another quick break because I am super excited to announce that I have once again partnered up with Eat Clean Bro. As many of you longtime listeners know, I've been a fan of and worked with Eat Clean Bro in the past, and they are, in my opinion the best freshly prepped meal company out there today. If you are someone like myself who perhaps isn't the best cook or has long work days and no desire to put together a meal but wants to keep a healthy and balanced diet, Eat Clean Bro is absolutely the company for you. They have delicious meals that are also incredibly healthy that include freshly prepped salmon and asparagus, shrimp, spinach, chicken, and a whole lot more. I personally like to top off my meals with their chocolate and peanut butter protein balls that are my absolute favorites. If you want to go to eatcleanbro.com today and use my promo code WTG, you'll receive 10% off of every single order. I'm not kidding when I say I really love this company and use them weekly myself. They help me maintain a steady diet and reduce the stresses and labor of putting together a good tasting, healthy meal. Go check out eatcleanbro.com today. Now let's get back into it. I'm curious too, you know, and I mean, people can, first of all, kaylaharrison.com is a great site because it's super informative. And if people want to know more about your life and it's, you know, it's ups and downs. Um, But I'm curious for you on a personal level, did you throughout your, you know, life, did you always have this inner belief in yourself, even through the hardest moments, the toughest moments that uh, you knew deep down, I am, I am everything that I know I am, which is, you know, Perhaps one of the baddest women on the world in the world, but also, uh, you know, I, b- I believe in myself.
1: No, no, I didn't. I think that there were, um, you know, I definitely have hit rock bottom. I would say more than once in my life, and like for those of you who don't know, I was sexually abused by my first judo coach, and after that. Uh, I didn't I didn't believe in myself. I didn't believe in anything for a while, you know like I was so um, I felt so broken and I was suicidal and I hated my mom, I hated my life, I hated the Pedros, I hated Judo I hated I, I hated everything. like to my core, I hated myself. and I did not believe that I was ever, going to get out of that. I did not believe that I was ever going to be that special person that I was supposed to be. I did not have faith that that was going to happen. And I've told this story before, but I'll tell it here really quick. Um, I was actually, I had just competed in the, I was 16 and I had been at the Pedro's for about six months. So I was abused from the ages of eight, from 8 until 16. When I was 16, I finally told my mom what was happening. She got the police involved, the police got the FBI involved. Bang bang boom, you know, he the court process starts. He eventually pleads guilty and serves 10 years in federal prison. But in the meantime, you know, about a month after I told my mom, I mean, I wasn't getting out of bed. I wasn't I wasn't I was barely alive. And she knew that I think she was scared shitless and I think she was like, I have to give her something to wake up for. I have to get her out of here. So I'm, she moved me to Boston. Um, and I lived in the judo house with the like that the Pedro's had set up for team force. And, um, I hated her for it at the time. Like I just couldn't, I didn't know I hated her, but I was so upset that she left me that Like just a lot of angst, you know, and confusion. I mean, she also had two kids and it's not easy to pick up your whole life. And like I, my mother and I have an amazing relationship now and and we've worked through all of that. And I know without a doubt that she did, she made the best decision in that moment for us. Like I know she was just trying to do her best for me and everything she did was out of love. I know that. And that's why we're able to, to, I'm able, we're able to have a great relationship now. But anyways, I had been at the Pedro's for about six months and, um, you know, they wanted me to go to school, high school. Cause I had been going online so I could train and they were like, no, you need to be normal. Like I was going to school. I was going to therapy. I had spent time in a mental institution. Um, I was suffering from severe, severe, severe PTSD, like, just all kinds of fucked up stuff where, you know, he was, I, he got, I got a burner phone and he would call me and uh-huh. tell me that he was going to come get me and we were going to run away and like, you know, trying to coerce me into not testifying and like a lot of crazy shit happened. But anyways, I went to this tournament. I didn't want to go to the U S open and I, um, I ended up winning and everyone was so excited that I won. Everyone was like, think they were just happy that I had a good thing happen, you know? And I remember being like, um, just numb. Like, I just remember like the ref awarding me the match, my coach jumping up, like big Jim, who is, I'm um, very grumpy old man, like was like, ah. <laughs> I was just like numb and I felt empty and broken. And like, I was never going to be happy again. And like, I was never going to have hope again. And that's when I decided I was going to quit. I was going to quit judo. I was going to run away um, to New York and be a barista and like make people's coffee. And that was what I was going to do. So I, uh, we flew home and I went up to big Jim's lake house and it was like seven o'clock in the morning. And he's like sitting out there smoking a cigar (laughs) and it was beautiful day. And I gave him reason after reason, excuse after excuse. I didn't want to be the strong girl. I hated judo. This wasn't for me. I wasn't meant to be the golden girl. And um, I wasn't happy. It was too hard. I cried and I cried and I cried. And I said, I can't do it, Big Jim. I'm going to quit. And what he said to me in this moment really, yeah, like, a little emotional talking about it because he really changed the trajectory of my life. Um, He said to me, you know what, kid? What happened to you happened to you. And it's a terrible thing, but it doesn't define you.
0: Mm.
1: You're only a victim If you allow yourself to be. Now you've got a chance to go do something great with your life. But only you can decide. And, um, you know, I sat there soaking it in and. um, I said, it doesn't define me. It doesn't define me. And I said, okay, big Jim, I'll see you at practice tomorrow. And, you know, I didn't believe in myself, but he did. And he gave me the strength to keep showing up, um, to not quit on myself, to not end it, to not um, dare to be great, you know? And it wasn't like, I didn't just like, oh, I'm better. Like, but I did the work, you know, I would show, I would, first of all I would get out of bed and I would brush my teeth and I would brush my hair which was like an accomplishment at that point in my life that's how low I was and then I would go to practice and I would cry the whole time but I was there and then I would go to school and then I would go to work and then I would go to therapy and I just kept kind of like chipping away chipping away chipping away and then I started going to tournaments and then I started meddling at tournaments and then I started like hanging out with all the team in the living room instead of going right to my room. And then I started to like smile every once in a while. And then I started to not cry all practice, every practice. And then I won a tournament and then I won another, and then I became a junior world champion. And then it was just like this snowball effect of positive people around me. Um, pulling me, pulling me, dragging me. I mean, he was right. It was my choice. I had to decide that that's Mm -hmm. what I wanted. But once I decided, they were right there to to push me up. And I'm just, you know, I hope everyone finds a big Jim for their lives. You know, I think everyone needs someone like him.
0: Do you think big Jim saved your life? Do you think judo saved your life?
1: Both. I mean, I give Big Jim probably way more credit, (laughs) but, you know, having a goal, having a purpose, having um, something to be great at, something to wake up for, you know, definitely helped save me.
0: And do you, uh, I mean, so you, you said you still talk to Big Jim frequently, yeah?
1: Yeah, all the
0: time. And how has that relationship changed since, you know, he, you know, from that moment where you're at your lowest low um, to now where he's seen you grown up, grow up into this, uh, you know, into a woman, into a mother, into everything that, that your life has been. um, I'm sure for him, that's probably the most beautiful and most gratifying (laughs) feeling in the world.
1: (laughs) He'll never say that. Okay.
0: But I'm sure, I'm sure if, if we, if I sat down with him, I'm sure he would admit (laughs) it at some point.
1: That's who you should have a talk with. I'm not kidding. He is a character. What? But I think we have had, again, a roller coaster of a relationship, you know. It's. He's like a father figure to me for sure, but also now like one of my best friends. Um, and it's hard because he's the coach too. So it was always like. <laughs> he he helped build and create this very strong confident woman but like i was supposed to shut up and do what i was told when i was when i was his athlete you know so it was like kind of we always had a little bit of a struggle there but he's never he's never wavered you know he's never not been there for me um and i hope that he's proud of me it's we have a good relationship now like, he's still always in my corner. I, I always invite him to the fights. He has kind of stopped coming because of COVID and all this crap. But um, he, I hope he's proud of me. I mean, we we don't really, like, say it, but I tell him, like, I love you. I miss you. Like, he's, like, very – he's a mass He's, like, really um, – t- probably never going to get a lot of emotions or feelings out of him. But that's okay, because you know he cares by his actions, and he's ne- he'd give you the shirt off his back. He's always been there for me, um, and I think yeah, he's gotta be proud of me at this point. He has. <laughs> I
0: Hope would so. if he's <laughs> if he's not, then Big Jim, we gotta talk. Um, but I wanna I, I I've taken a lot of your time already, but I wanna I, I'm always curious, um, you know, to ask my guests what what they think. Um, you know, their legacy is, and yours is, yours will be, um, as, a, as an MMA fighter, as a human being, um, you know, hopefully many, many more years of healthy, beautiful life. Um, but, you know, I, don't, I, I wonder, uh, you know, what you hope it to be, because I think maybe two years ago, it might be very different than, than what it is today.
1: For sure. That's something that, as I've gotten older too, I start thinking about a lot more legacy, and what that means, and what that means to me personally and i used to think that i just wanted to be like the biggest badass you know like just like i'm going to go down as a bad mofo like that's what i wanted but that's not what i want at all anymore you're right my my idea and um my idea of legacy has changed so much i think that number 1 my legacy will be my children um Number two, in my career, not being dominant or winning, but what I do with it. Mm. I know that I am going to be dominant. I know that I'm going to be great. I know that I'm going to win. But more importantly, what am I going to do with that? How am I going to be the change in the world that I want to see? How am I going to leave a lasting impact um, that causes a ripple effect for long after I'm gone? You know how how can I do that and I do that in the way I live in the way I talk and who I am and what I say and how I carry myself I do that in my foundation and and giving back and trying to to put an end to child sexual abuse and um just in the way the way that I believe is how we are meant to live you know my my philosophy is that when you wake up every day and you try to be the best possible version of yourself in every in life whether it's fighting whether it's you're a single mom whether it's you're a house mom whether it's you're a CEO whether it's you're the janitor whatever it is whether you're a brother a mother a son like whatever when you try to truly um, better yourself every day. That's when I know true peace. That's when I know happiness. Mm. That's when I um, just allow the, the world, the universe to continue to bless me, you know, because I know that I'm doing it right. And when I do that, when I stand in my truth, no matter what the cost, I think that everybody benefits the world benefits and and that's going to be my legacy. I'm going to keep doing that every day, one day at a time.
0: Amen. Beautiful. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I will say, so for people that that foundation is the fearless foundation, um, you do it, obviously it's a lot of great work there. Uh, Kayla,
1: fearless foundation.org,
0: beautiful fearless foundation.org for people listening out there. And, um, Kayla, I just want to, uh, to thank you again, um, because on a personal level, uh, as an athlete and as a, as a human being, um, you inspire me. So I thank you for that. And I'm sure that all the people that are listening out there that either know you or are getting to know you, um, feel the same way. So I want to, to thank you for taking the time I know out of your busy, busy, busy day. Um, and, uh, and I'm based out of New York. So if you're ever in New York, I'd I'd of course love to, to have you in studio or if I'm ever down in Florida, but, uh,
1: that's on my to-do list. That's when I have Kayla time now, I'm going to listen to your podcast. I, uh, <laughs> I, I really love the concept. I like applaud you for what you, you're just like, nah, I'm following this. I'm chasing this. And that's so badass. So good for you.
0: I appreciate that. Thank you so much.
1: It's my pleasure. Thank you so much.